You're listening to the best of Living Wealthy Radio with Teresa Kuhn. Be sure to catch our show live every Sunday on 1370 AM Austin. For information, archives, and upcoming presentations, visit our website at www.livingwealthyradio.com. Welcome to Living Wealthy Radio with your host, Teresa Kuhn. Good afternoon. You're listening to Living Wealthy Radio, heard every Sunday at noon here on Talk Radio, 1370 AM, streaming live at talk1370.com. I'm Teresa Kuhn, helping you live wealthier. Resources are available for you at livingwealthyradio.com. Have you ever been turned down for a loan or had that felt that sinking feeling after weeks of agonizing over credit applications, wondering about your credit score? What if all you had to do to get a loan was say how much you wanted? How would that improve your life? And more so, what if you could decide the repayment terms and the interest you paid actually made your savings grow more efficiently? What if you could actually be your own banker? Our guest today, Mr. Nelson Nash, is the creator of the powerful infinite banking concept and a personal mentor of mine. He is going to show you how to see through the conventional wisdom and bypass traditional lending institutions in order to take charge of your own financial freedom. Welcome back to the show, Nelson. It's good to be with you, and it's great to hear your voice. I know. We didn't get a a chance to say hello. So this is it. Hello. Hello. And you've been a very busy man, as you have been, I think, for the last 10 years. And I will share with our listeners that you are 83 years old. Mm -hmm. And you travel more than anybody I know all over the world. Sharing your concept, infinite banking concept, and more and more people today want to hear about your concept and are implementing your financial strategy in their, in their lives. So how does it feel to be 83 years old and being that much in demand? It's a joy. It is fun. It's good to be here. It's the best time of life, Teresa. Well, you certainly went through hell and back mm-hmm. before you realized how this financial concept, this financial strategy can change people's lives and, in fact, it changes your life. Sure. Absolutely. So tell us about how, how you developed this and, or how you discovered it, I should say, right? Well, first of all, my background as a forester helped out. Uh, That was my education, and I worked uh, privately as a consultant in eastern North Carolina for 10 years. And, Teresa, uh, a key is learning to think long range. Uh, I think 70 years down the road, I'm not going to be here, neither are you. But plan is if you're going to live forever, live as if you're going to die, it's a pretty good uh, idea. So I tell people that you should learn to think at least three generations that we're working on the fourth. And so that was the beginning of it, but uh, as uh, we will probably talk about sometime later, uh, Austrian economics uh, f- uh, figures into this formula very big. 
that I got hooked on the subject in 1957, and it became a passion from that point on. So tell us a little bit about Austrian economics, because it did influence your thinking. Um, well, greatly. unfortunately, there are uh, three uh, schools of economic thought out there today. One is the Canadian uh, fools. Uh, the entire world is in the grip of their thinking right now, and they painted the world in the worst condition of all times. But people don't realize it. Uh, the indebtedness that's out there today because of the thought process that you can spend yourself rich. There's, there's no way. But that idea has been out there for a little over 100 years, and, you know, I've been a witness to this devolution uh, during the 83 years that I've been here on Earth. The second uh, uh, economic uh, uh, school of thought out there is uh, the Chicago School. That was Milton Friedman, uh, was the paramount figure, and uh, uh, he was uh, regarded as a free market economist, Teresa, but he was an, uh, a monetarist. Uh, he thought that there had to be an in constant increase in the money supply, otherwise our economy would stagnate and we'd be all in trouble and so forth. He was known to say such brilliant things as, oh, what could be more idyllic than the Japanese sending us high-quality merchandise and we send them worthless bits of paper in exchange? Uh, there's no way that that kind of thinking can prevail, coupled with the fact if you'll read David Stockman's 719-pager called uh, The Great Devolution, uh, you'll find that uh, Milton Friedman was the guy who convinced Richard Nixon to go off the gold standard. And you just it's, it's easy to see what happened since we went off the gold standard. Only the Austrians have it right. Now, the primary figure there was Ludwig von Mises, and um, their explanation of the business cycle is the only one that makes sense, that central banks are the problem all over the world. They increase the money supply big time. People think they have some, Teresa, and they don't. It's all imaginary. It's, it's all an illusion. And so you have booms and busts, booms and busts. Well, it favors those uh, guys who are the bankers big time because they know the game is being played. And uh, it's a little man who out there gets hurt all that badly. I'm Austrian through and through, and without Austrian economics, uh, you and I would not be talking. And, and I think if we take it down to a micro level, right, the, the, all these yes. economists and all these theories, it, it sounds so... Uh, you know, over most people's heads, right? But taking it yeah, down to the yeah, most... that's just it. The Austrian economics is down there at the you and me level. It's all about individual action. In fact, Ludwig von Mises' magnum opus is entitled, entitled Human Action. It's you and me level. Without and government intervention. Oh, uh, yeah, it's not uh, mass thinking at all. It's how do individuals behave in their interplay with one another. So you think uh, about the Keynesians, and if you think about it on an individual level, who has ever become rich by spending? There's no way. There's no way. But, but that illusion that's created out there, you see, makes the, uh, the big banks uh, very, very rich. And uh, there's, well, you know, on my reading list, Teresa, there's 230 books there. 
And uh, I've read them all, of course. I don't put a book on there unless I've read it. And if you'll read those uh, 230 books, you have one Ph.D. in Austrian economics, one Ph.D. in history. There's just no way that you can study economics without studying history. And by the word, well, yeah, Teresa, the word economics is a mystery to most folks out there. They think it has something to do with money. No. The uh, root word is oikos nomos, a Greek term meaning order in the home. At the micro level. Yes. At the micro level. So really the whole system, I believe, sets up people to fail. It sets yes. up, and, and I don't mean to speak in terms of conspiracies or anything like that, but the reality no. is it's not to benefit the people, it's to benefit the bankers. Yes, exactly, exactly. I have seen all this take place, Teresa. So give us an example of, what, of how you've experienced this. Well, uh, having been born in 1931, uh, that was the Depression years and so forth. And uh, Teresa, and uh, the time that I was growing up, the banking function uh, was held at the you and me level much more so than it is today. Uh, golly, uh, in the uh, late 30s, a uh, five-year mortgage was uh, long-term, whatever. Uh, shucks, uh, when I uh, uh, bought my first automobile in 1952, uh, 18 months was as long as you could get uh, a payment schedule, and you had to put one-third down. Well, what do we got today? Well, we hear on the radio seven years and uh, nothing down, and we'll make uh, the first three payments for you, et cetera, and uh, stuff like that. There's actually and, a 40-year mortgage out there. Oh, my God. Right. There's a 40-year yeah. mortgage. Well, so see, that, that's the thing that's happened, and people have got caught in this mindset, and what it's done is taken the banking function away from the you and me level, and it's placed it in the bankers, and so uh, you end up being a slave. And you do end up being a slave. Those that are in debt, they, they talk mm -hmm. about that, you know, maybe not consciously and maybe not initially, but over time, that's exactly what you become. You become a slave to your master, and the master becomes the banker or yeah. the financier, right? The person that you owe money to is who you become right. a slave to. Well, that's the banking function. When you go to buy uh, something today, uh, it's got to come from a supply of money. Now, we see that in our everyday life, buying uh, clothes, groceries, and stuff like that, uh, gasoline, whatever. Uh, but there are major things out there that we buy, like automobiles and houses and business equipment, et cetera. And uh, so there's got to be a big enough pool from, uh, uh, from which that money is transferred to make those purchases. Uh, in the seminars, I tell people that I'm an aviator. I've been flying airplanes for six to seven years. And uh, I know something about uh, the uh, Boeing uh, 787 Dreamliner. It's fi finally flying now. It's only three years behind schedule. But uh, one of those things, Teresa, cost $200 million. And um, all Nippon Airlines bought 52. We'll do the third grade arithmetic, and, man, that's a lot of money, isn't it? That's a lot of that interest a, if they're financing it. That is a, well, that is, it is a cash transaction. Well, uh, it's got to be going from a pool of some sort. That's what banking is about. 
and the banking function has been turned over to the bankers and uh, the everyday person out there is a slave today and doesn't have a clue. They don't, well, I think some do have a clue. Oh, yes, we, you and I know some. Uh, you and I know some people that will never see a bank again in their life. Mary and I have seen one in 21 years now. And, and that's and that, very they, true, but I, I think there are a lot of people who are, are slaves to the system and they realize that they're slaves to oh, the system, yes, and, yes, but yes, they can't yes. figure out a way out, yeah. or they don't know uh, yeah. that there's another way out, right? Right, that's it. You, you stated it better than me, of course. Yes, no, they, 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 they realize they are slaves to the system, and uh, but, but they don't know how to, what the system is, and they they have no idea how to get out. And that's uh, what we our job is to show them a way out of that prison. It can be done and is being done today. And so, what does that look like? You said you haven't you haven't used a bank in 21 years. Tell us a little bit about how you how you finance your lifestyle. How is your how are your finances different than the average? American. Well, uh, you know, my book, Becoming Your Own Banker, tells you that I was heavily in debt doing things the way that the world teaches to do, OPM, other people's money. And uh, back there in the 80 and 81, uh, uh, I was involved in the real estate business uh, to a fairly large extent for a person like me. And um, in the late 70s, uh, interest rates at your local commercial bank was uh, only 8%, but uh, that's prime rate. And I'm not prime, and I haven't met anybody yet who is. Uh, that's the uh, the best customers the bank has. That's the ones that uh, they know they're going to get the money back. So I made money uh, during the 70s in uh, uh, Timberland real estate at 8.5% uh, interest, but then along comes 80 and 81, and the interest rates went up to 23 and a half. And this is, these are good real estate loans, right? It yes. wasn't like you were, uh, you know, had a lot of debt, consumer debt. You had real estate. Real you had estate loans on real estate that you had been taught to, you know, these strategies by the gurus. Yes, yes, they, the, the way the world teaches. And uh, so I got caught... Oh, and a half million bucks at 23% interest. Well, that doesn't sound like much money to people nowadays, but Teresa, you remember I'm an Austrian economist, and uh, uh, I know that uh, the increase in the money supply that we've had since that time, Greenspan and Bernanke and now Miss Yellen, God bless her. Oh, please, Lord, have mercy <laughs> on us. Uh, and, and that anyway, is, we're talking about Miss Yellen, the Federal Reserve Chairwoman. Yeah, not yes. Pamela Yellen. No, heavens no! I asked her the other day. Please don't tell me you're kin to that woman. <laughs> uh, she's not. Anyway, she, she assured me she's not. <laughs> but uh, you got you got to multiply everything by three uh, to compare with uh, 1881 to bring things up to date. So that means that uh, today, if you were talking about what I got caught owing, it would be the equivalent of a million and a half at 23 percent interest. Which we well, know back in 2008, many people were caught with um, with mortgages that they couldn't pay with 4%, sure. 5% interest Absolutely. rates, yeah. right? The, the, the debt, of, the prison of debt. The prison of debt, and it is a prison. Anyway, I saw that uh, I could get the money at 5 6 and 8% 
from three different life insurance companies in those days because I had bought a lot of life insurance by worldly standards, that is. And uh, what I saw is that uh, all I had to do was just buy lots of more high-priced uh, dividend pay and old life insurance, and uh, that would create a, a pool of money that I could borrow and pay off those snakes and dragons and um, never see them again. Well, again, we've got to go back to our forestry thinking, uh, Teresa. Uh, it took me 13 years to get rid of the banks. But, like I say, we haven't seen one now in 21 years. So we're taught at a very young age, we go to school, maybe high school, college, graduate, and then as soon as we get our job, our first job, we have to save our money into IRS-approved accounts, right, retirement accounts. And that is insanity. Where the majority of the funds, if not all the funds, are in mutual funds with large exposures to Wall Street equities. Yeah where you're not allowed to touch your money for decades, basically, right? right? But then the average American has debt to the bankers for their cars and for their homes, and if they have an emergency, they really don't have much of an emergency fund because we're programmed to think we've got our first job, we've got to put this money aside for retirement. And what you teach to do differently is put your money aside where you can use it and access it to finance your life. True. Absolutely. So what would that look like for someone? Well, the first thing that they've got to do is cleanse their minds. And so uh, they've got to, got to read my two books, Becoming Your Own Banker and Building Your Warehouse of Wealth, and get this, uh, this uh, information down uh, a very plain in their minds to the point where it becomes true to them. And then they've got to find a practitioner that uh, uh, will uh, be their shepherd in working themselves out of the uh, debt position. And because, you see, the world is still teaching them how to be a slave. And uh, that takes time. So uh, a person really can't do this by themselves except in extraordinary circumstances. Uh, they've got to have a, uh, a, a teacher, shepherd. A mentor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And right. so for somebody, let's say, uh, and, and we'll cover most of the age groups, right, but let's say somebody come, starting right out of college, right, or mm-hmm. they, they get their first job, instead of putting money away in a retirement plan, they put their money in whole life insurance, um, mm-hmm. which is a strategy that we use to um, – become your own banker, right? Mm-hmm. And right. what what is that person's life going to be like? That 23-year-old who starts putting money away the way you recommend and the way we teach. Teresa, it is absolutely mind-boggling is what it is. Uh, people can't conceive it until they experience it. Uh, I was doing a seminar in uh, Los Angeles about uh, 20 months ago, uh, the sponsor there was a Russian Jew, Arkady Milgram. Arkady has been there uh, in the country since 1989. He's done extremely well. But he didn't discover the life insurance business until seven years ago. And uh, halfway through the seminar, it, uh, I was telling people what a peaceful, stress-free way of life it is 
when you get rid of the clutches of the, the banking organizations. And uh, a brainstorm hit me uh, there about halfway through the seminar. I said to myself, look, man, there is a lady doctor here from Russia. She's a neurologist. Uh, I'm going to pick her brain right in front of everybody, and I have no earthly idea what she's going to say. I'm going to take a chance. Doctor, <laughs> what part does stress play in medical maladies? Her response, it all starts there. It all starts there. Stress. Now, I said to the group, now tell me what is the biggest stress factor that you see in the everyday lives of you and your peers? And their response came back in a chorus, money. Money, absolutely. Well, that's what this is all about. Uh, it's just not about the product out there. It's changing the way you think. In fact, uh, uh, there's a logo of an organization here in town that I've taught this too big time, and their logo says, Changing Thinking, Changing Lives. I love it. And and it's really, you know, I, I, I mentioned the 20-year-old to start with, right? Uh-huh. Um, but every, you know, every 20-year-old coming out of college, 20-plus-year-old, mm. are starting their life is stressed about money. The 30-year-olds are stressed yeah. about money, 40s, 50s, 60s, 80-year-olds, right? Um, yeah. Very, very few people have financial peace. And I believe the reason is because the way we're taught to think and the way That's we're it. taught where to put your money. Yes. Right? If, if, they're, if the, the system, the way the system teaches for you to, to, to position your money really worked, there would be peace. There is absolutely, a, absolutely. That should be as obvious as obvious can be. There's but, so much uh, information as out there. Said, uh, doing the same thing, expecting different results, is insanity. But that's exactly what's been going on. Because there's so much information out there on money. Uh, you know, we've got it on the television. We've got it on the internet. We've got books. If that way worked, people would have peace. Yes, Teresa, have you ever experienced? Um, Noise-canceling headsets. Sure. When you turn that thing on, isn't it wonderful? It's peaceful. Well, no noise. Can, can you imagine having some means of turning off all that noise that's out there <laughs> in the financial world? Right, right. Well, that's what we've got to get people to understand is that you can get rid of all that noise out there, and it's a totally different lifestyle. And, and have strategies that actually work. Yes. And uh, when we come back, we're going to go ahead and take a break. And when we come back from break, we'll discuss, you know, all the different age groups and the strategies that people can use to have peace throughout their life. Yes. Our guest today is Nelson Nash. We're learning about how to change the way we think about money. This is Teresa Kuhn with Living with Wealthy Radio. We'll be right back. Living Wealthy Radio. Visit Teresa's team online at livingwealthyradio.com, 1-800-382-0830 now. Call 1-800-382-0830. Welcome back, Austin, to Living Wealthy Radio with Teresa Kuhn. 
have you ever felt like your financial future was controlled by a third party, financial institution, Wall Street? You pay an enormous amount of interest and the access you have to your money is regulated by somebody else's whims. Just try taking your money out of Wall Street or out of one brokerage account to another. Oh my gosh, I hear the horror stories all the time. Well, we are having a conversation with Nelson Nash, the creator of the Infinite Banking Concept, and we're talking about other strategies that can help you take control of your finances. So, Nelson, before we took a break, we were talking about um, financial peace and how Americans today don't have any, right? Uh, Or very few Americans have financial peace. Right. And, you know, it starts in, I think, the 20s all the way up to when people die, you know, there's always the stress about money and, and having access to money and how much cash they've got, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And you figured out about 20 years ago, um, actually, you 30. figured out 30 years 33. ago, yeah. a, a different way of working with money. But for 21 years, you've been free, a free man yes. when it comes to money. Yeah, no, no indebtedness any kind to any kind of bank, including a mortgage. No mortgage. And no mortgage. your net worth goes up every single year, whether you want it or not. Oh, every day. Every, every day. day it goes up. Yeah, uh, two days ago while I was in church, it went up. <laughs> and you've set up your family uh, with generational planning. You've got yes, we, generations uh, have the, uh, that have uh, financial fourth, peace. Uh, fourth great-grandchild uh, here uh, not too long ago, and in July we got a fifth coming along. So uh, you mentioned a while ago about the 20-year-old uh, and so forth, uh, and uh, the fo- folks just finishing college, et cetera. A good example here, uh, my youngest daughter, Kim, uh, they have uh, twin uh, sons, and uh, one of them finished uh, Wofford College in uh, Spartanburg, South Carolina, two years ago. The other one finished uh, Furman University in uh, Greenville, South Carolina. And they're both of those are forty thousand dollars a year schools. Uh, they don't have any uh, student debt, uh, Teresa. And their cash values of their policies net are $110,000 each. Now, that was all because of this this thought process that got uh, implanted uh, when they were first born. Every time a grandchild was uh, born, uh, we'd crank up a significant uh, high premium uh, policy. And my children understood it so well, they matched that. And so do you realize that... uh, these grandchildren, if they continue to do what I'm teaching, uh, they'll never see a bank in their life. Now, Teresa, that is power you would not believe. It is so, it is so powerful. What do you mm-hmm. think in a person's lifetime, the average person's lifetime, do, do you think they pay an interest to third parties and banks? Well, unbelievable. Right now, the uh, all my studies uh, is about thirty-five cents out of every dollar they have uh, that's spending spendable uh, is going to interest alone, and it never changes. And it's all because of the mindset that's been put upon us uh, by all the so-called financial experts. Right, the programming. So, out of yes. thirty-five cents out of every dollar, or thirty-five percent out of mm-hmm. every dollar goes to pay interest. And and yes. I know listeners are thinking that's that cannot be. We've got the data to show you that. And no, I've got that I encourage them to do their own arithmetic and uh, see if that's not true. Absolutely. And and you know my office shares 
this information freely because we found the more educated our clients are, the more they appreciate what we're saying is so true and the more likely they are to implement these strategies. And so imagine a, a, you know, a, a student coming out of college, no debt, and having $110,000 yes. available to them to start their life. Yes. It doesn't matter if they're missionaries or if they're starving artists or whatever. What kind of life do you think they're going to have financially? Well, that's that peace of mind that the uh, 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 their peers do not have. Uh, it's like I say, it's just a totally different lifestyle. If someone was just to finance cars using this concept throughout their lifetime. What's the difference between someone who doesn't use the strategy and someone who does with financing cars? Well, the ones that does conventional strategy will be a uh, prisoner uh, all their life, and the uh, one that uh, does it our way uh, will have the use of the cars and have uh, several million dollars uh, in cash available to uh, do uh, their uh have passive income, okay, you know, that's my substitute for the word retirement because that's another dumb idea that has been put into people's minds. That, you know, at a certain age we're put out to pasture, we're put out to retire. Right. We're, uh, that, we're no that, longer that, of service. Yeah, that's screwball thinking, and uh, it should never have occurred. That's the, that's the definition of retirement, right, is to uh, put out of that's service. What they right. Uh-huh. Right. So the difference could be several million dollars, depends sure. on when they start and what kind of cars they finance. Um, sure. And so we were talking about the 20-something-year-old that, you know, finishes college. What about the 40- or 50-year-old or even the 60-year-old? You know, I have clients who start these strategies in their 80s, believe it or not. Um, well, Teresa, I'm 83, you know, love. I know you are. And well, uh, just a month ago, you- I bought life insurance. It was on my great-grandson. And you own it, and you control the money. Well, and uh, I, I'm turning it right. I'm changing the ownership of it right over to her, his mother immediately because uh, we're at the stage of life of getting rid of things. Right. Uh, I'd like to graduate from this earth owning absolutely nothing and have the final expense check bounce. <laughs> so, so that's the ultimate you, state plan. You can't take it with you, right? No. Well, uh, my oldest daughter, uh, who's the grandmother, uh, she matched that uh, same policy. And, of course, I've got that one coming, one coming up in uh, July. And uh, uh, be, Kim's going to be the uh, grandmother of, of this little boy. Uh, anyway, uh, we'll, she'll match that policy also. And so these children will have... Uh, Substantial plans started from day one of their life. I have clients who started their policies in their 20s, and they're Mm -hmm. in their 30s. I have several clients like this, and they have at least $100,000 in their plans. There's no debt um, except maybe a mortgage, and the amount of peace that they have is just amazing. Whenever we, we have our client reviews, they're always telling me, you know, our, our friends are always wondering what the market's going to do, and they're concerned about yeah. this. They're getting in. They're getting out. They're like, you know what? We're not worried about any of that. And our, <laughs> our net worth goes up every single day regardless of what's going on in Wall Street or the economy. 
And you know, Nelson, that's that's a beautiful thing. And even even our clients in in their fifties that have a lot of debt, right? They're yes. thinking about, oh my gosh, I'm a, I, I want to retire in the next 10, 15 years, right? And mm-hmm. they've got debt, and they haven't been doing things right, and they're worried about Wall Street, and they're starting these policies and these strategies, and it does take some time, but it still works so well for them because it, it gives them peace that when they do retire, they'll know at the very least how much money they're going to have. Absolutely. And when you're in your 50s and 60s, guess what? You're still going to be buying cars, and you're still going to be buying, you know, high-ticket items, maybe not as many as you did when you were younger. Um, But you're in your 80s, and you've still bought cars recently. Sure. And, you know, those same clients get on the phone with their kids, and they say, you know what? Start this when you're young, because mm-hmm. you have such an advantage when you're young with time. Yeah, we're right back to my forestry thinking there, you remember? Yeah. The earlier you start with a life insurance policy, the longer it goes, the more efficient it gets. Right. And it can't go backward. Right, it can't it go backward. It can't go backward. And God doesn't tell us how long we're going to live. So even no. somebody who's in their 70s or 80s that starts one, they could, in effect, have it in place for 20, 30 years. Absolutely, and see, this is a great way to uh, transfer wealth from one generation to another. You know that one time I owned 49 life insurance policies. Uh, just Very specific bank- type of policies, right? Be- yes. Becoming your own banker type of policies. Absolutely, yes. Now, uh, we're down to 24 now because I've been giving uh, them away. It's a great way to uh, transfer wealth on a, uh, a uh, tax uh, privilege, not privilege, a non-taxable way of transferring wealth from one generation to another. And, and, it's, a, and it's a great way to do things charitably. Uh, uh, there are two different organizations that uh, own insurance on me and Mary. Because from day one, you've got leverage. Yes. And you've got, you know, you, you pay a small amount, you transfer the risk to a third party, the insurance company, and when you die, the death benefit is paid either to your wife, your children, the charity, you know, whoever you choose. Absolutely. So you've got the living benefit of having access to your money while you're living, and you've got that death benefit that goes to your family or whomever you designate, mm-hmm. and while you're living, you get to have access to your money to fund your life or to finance your life and to become your own banker and keep that interest, keep that money working for you instead of making the bankers richer. You know, one of the interesting things is uh, the number of people that uh, say uh, once they've caught on to this and got involved is, why didn't someone tell me this 10 years ago? Why didn't someone tell me this 20 years ago? It was always there, but people didn't see it. And it was because of the way that they think. Well, and and I I go back to programming, right? Yes, exactly. I go back to programming. But I think more and more people are waking up, Nelson. Oh, yes, yeah. I think more and more people are very concerned about their financial future. Uh, You know, income, 
jobs, expenses, taxes, uh, Obamacare, right, Medicare, and what that means for the future, Social Security. There's so much insecurity around finances today that more and more people are realizing that they've got to do something different, and they don't want to give their future away to Wall Street or to bankers because they don't trust it anymore. Yes, these folks uh, that uh, have been sold into the slavery, uh, I'd say that most of them have the gut feeling that there's something fundamentally wrong with the financial world out there today. And so uh, they just don't realize that this is the answer. Well, we've been talking about whole life insurance, and many people have heard, you know, the financial infotainers talk about how bad whole life insurance is. But the infotainers aren't talking about the kind of whole life insurance that we're talking about. No, not at all, because they don't understand this. Uh, Most of those people out there would never have a, a clue as to what we're talking about. Because they, I believe at this point, they're aware, they just don't want to mention anything because, you know, why, why bother, right? Um, they don't need to. Well, uh, they've been, they've had it drilled into their heads uh, that uh, this is the way to go, whatever their, whatever idea they're promoting. Uh, and uh, if they're brought face to face with the fact that there's another way, that would destroy their chain of income. And I don't think that would motivate them to do anything. Well, because for the most part, actually, I think all of them are sponsored by Wall Street firms. No no kidding. So why bite the hand that feeds you? Exactly, exactly. And this is an alternative strategy to Wall Street and to banks. And, you know, I've got many clients who have this strategy, use this strategy as their financial foundation, but continue to invest. And you know what happens to them, Nelson? They become better investors. Yes. Oh, yes, of course. Yeah, because uh, they uh, understand that if there's not something out there that I know that I can do better, uh, they don't indulge. Uh, There's a concept that's in my book, Economic Value Added, which you know all about. And uh, that fact has been around for over 300 years. Uh, uh, Anyway, uh, if they they use uh, this concept as their banking area to make an investment from, then they're more cautious about what they might get involved in in uh, an investment of some kind. Most of the things that people call investment out there nowadays is Wall Street type stuff, but that's not an investment, that's speculation. Well, Wall Street does say the higher the risk, the higher the reward. Yeah. Warren Buffett says the higher the risk, the higher the probability you will lose money. Exactly. But, you know, it's not only Wall Street. I was on the phone with a client yesterday who was uh, sharing with me two investments that he had made outside of Wall Street and how he lost significant amount of money in both investments. He had checked them out thoroughly, and he had done his homework and his due diligence, and he was sick. He was absolutely sick. He had lost almost $100,000 in these two sure things, right, quote, unquote. And 
You know, Nelson, this happens all the time. I think if most people, me included, because I've made tons of mistakes, if we were to go back and, you know, if, if, if we were able to go back and get every dollar that we had invested somewhere and still had that dollar working for us, Instead of taking that risk or that investment, we just had saved it and had it working for us in our strategy. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Most of us would be in a totally different place financially. Absolutely. But yes. Somehow we're still wired to want to go after the, uh, the high-risk, high-reward type of investments. What is it about our wiring that makes us want to do that? Well, that's an inherent problem with mankind since day one, and uh, that's human nature. And uh, I've made the observation years and years ago, Teresa, that uh, no person really makes progress uh, except to the extent that he can overcome nature. So we're wired this way, Mm -hmm. and we've got to overcome it, and the way to overcome it is to change our thinking. Yes, exactly. And being being open you to anticipate uh, that uh, possibility. That's why uh, in my seminars, you know that I uh, talk about Parkinson's law. Yes, you got to be able to recognize those sort of things before they appear, and don't uh, get uh, under the influence of them. Because uh, if you do get under the influence of them, Parkinson's law will whip you every time. So go a little bit deeper into Parkinson's law because it's such a great law. He was a noted uh, uh, economist, uh, essayist, uh, humorist. Uh, he wrote. He was Englishman. He wrote a lot of uh, things, but one of them was just a little book called Parkinson's Law. Uh, it has lots of ramifications and uh, uh, lots of them that are not, not in the book, but once you've seen one or two of these, uh, you can readily recognize them uh, in other manifestations. But one is that... Uh, Work expands to meet the time envelope allowed. Give a person a job to do, give them three days to do it, I can guarantee you they won't get it done for at least three days. Now give them six days to do the same job, and it'll take them six days. You give them 30 days, and it'll take 30 days to do the same job. The opposite of that is, you know, when I'm getting ready to go out of town and I've got a ton of stuff to do, all of a sudden I, I find the time to do it right before I leave or, or homework, right, or a paper. That's another or, manifestation, right. manifestation right there. And as it pertains to us, he said that uh, expenses rise to equal income. And well, that, a lot of folks tell me that's not true. Expenses rise to exceed income. <laughs> Well, that's Parkinson's law. (laughs) They they say things they've just got to have right now. Bill Bonner did a great job of this when he observed uh, that Americans buy things they don't need with money they don't have to to impress people they don't know who could care less. Isn't that just so... True. It doesn't have to be that way, but you've got to overcome that sort of thing. So, in in closing, how can someone overcome Parkinson's law? Because really, at the end of the day, you know, most people today, um, mm-hmm. not all, but most people are spending what they're making, right? And then some, yeah. And then some. So uh-huh. how how can they change that way of thinking, and how can 
you know, our strategies help that person? Well, I suggest that they get with the practitioner like you, <laughs> that uh, there's got to be, quote, foot, so- foot soldiers out there that are seeing a large number of people that are bringing people face-to-face with these facts and shepherding them uh, through this process to uh, get them to change the way they think. Because when you change the way you, th- the you think, then you change the way you behave. And this just takes time. Uh, there's a lot of noise out there, remember. And they've got to realize the noise, recognize noise when they see it, and don't participate in that sort of stuff. Uh, they've got to change lifestyles. Remember that logo, changing thinking, changing lives. And it's so true. And, Nelson, I, from the bottom of my heart, am so grateful for the mentoring and the teaching that you've given me um, and the hundreds of practitioners out there and the thousands of lives that you have changed with your thinking and with your teaching, you know, beginning with your family. You've got four generations who will never need any government assistance, will never need Wall Street, will never need bankers to finance their life, and they are financially free. And yep. so your legacy is, is just amazing what you have accomplished. Well, there's always the uh, possibility of them uh, getting influenced by the world, and that's uh, something you have to be on constant guard for and make sure that they understand that this is a tool. And the uh, tool in the in- hand of an incompetent, not only will you not turn on any work, you'll break the tool. Well, for our listening audience, If you want to learn how to take control of your finances, the next step uh, to the process of becoming your own banker would be to contact our office here at Living Wealthy Financial. And this is what we do. We share the information, the education, Nelson's brilliant education with our clients for free, no charge. And we walk our clients through that process of how they can become free. Because conventional wisdom absolutely has led us astray. There's no doubt about that. Ask your friends, ask your colleagues if they've got any financial peace. Ask yourself. You know you don't. And I believe it's time that we turn to privatized banking strategies that actually benefit us and our families rather than the fat cats on Wall Street and the bankers who control our monetary supply. So we don't have to fear that next big purchase or struggle to keep up with interest payments and creditors and worry about how we're going to fund our retirements and how we're going to pay for our medical expenses. The power to live wealthy is a matter of looking within and changing our thinking because there are strategies that can solve our financial problems. Nelson, I love you. I thank you for everything you've, you've done for me, for my clients. You know, since January, I've had over 100-plus referrals to my practice from my clients. Hallelujah. My clients are happy, and this is just part of your legacy, and I so appreciate you being in my life and um, excited to see you soon. Thank you. For thank you. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity of being on the radio with you and uh, can't wait to see you again. Yes, absolutely. And thank you for being a guest again on Living Wealthy Radio. 
You've been listening to Living Wealthy Radio on Talk 1370 and streaming live at Talk1370.com. I'm Teresa Kuhn, and I hope you'll join me again next week as I show you ways to live wealthier. Resources are available for you on our website at livingwealthyradio.com. educational and informational purposes only. The info being presented does not consider your particular financial objectives or situation and does not make personalized recommendations. This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified tax advisor or legal counsel or other professional, and you should not use the information in place of a personal consultation regarding your specific situation or needs prior to taking any action based on this information. We believe the info provided is reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, timeliness, or completeness.